the blessings I have to manipulate to get, I never get to keep. I'm not saying don't be prepped for an opportunity. Right. There's a difference between being prepped and following wisdom and allowing God to open doors and then walking through them unapologetically with your head held high, knowing God's called you to that yeah. and trying to like jiggle the door open yourself. I believe that there are steps of faith we need to take. God shows us the next yeah. step. He doesn't show us the whole staircase. You have right. to take the next step to know where you're going, but it's a partnership. There is a time of surrender. And I'm yeah. literally right now studying surrender because I'm like, what does it even look like? Turns out real bad at surrender. <laughs> really good at control. Really good at being in the driver's seat, but what does it actually look like to yeah. control this? And I think what it looks like is to say, God, is there anything you need me to do right now? Following peace, isn't there? What if I just wait? What if I just surrender? What if I really trust that God's going to do what he said he's going to do? Mm. And if that door closes, he already had a better one anyway. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I am here today with a very special woman. I was privileged enough to meet her not too long ago, and it was an instant connection because of her spirit, the way she shines through. And what I found out after getting to know her is how wildly talented this human is. She's a leading faith-based entrepreneur, she has changed so many people's lives. She's an author. She's a podcaster. And overall, she is your friend. And once we get going here, you're going to see what I mean. So Elise Murphy, welcome to the show. Hi, I love you. Hello, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not, for I'm not very good at being, prof like, you're so good at that. I'm like sitting here like, let's be friends. I love this. Let's go. I mean, I'm professional, but... Also, hi, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. You know, after meeting you and diving into a little bit more about you, I just feel so grateful. Yeah. And I have been on a faith journey. Everyone knows that. And I've worked really hard to open up, become closer yeah. to God. And I look for female role models that, you know, have gone before me, that mm -hmm. have maybe had a little deeper work. And you're someone that has truly done that. So and God. yeah, I and I know I so you. many of our followers, our listeners are on their journey. Everybody's right. on a journey. Everyone's on a journey. Yeah. Goodness and gracious. I would love for you to share with everyone mm -hmm where you come from. First of all, she's from Australia. I'm from Australia. Okay. The accent is sometimes a little messed up. Um, yeah. <laughs> we go in and out, to be honest, but they probably like, oh, there it is. It, that's usually the, like, the comment I get yeah. is like, after a while, they're like, oh, I found it. It's like yeah. a little like, they're choose like, your own adventure. Or they're like, wait, she's a little different. What's going on? Yeah, like a trick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like, where are you? Where, where is this? Is South Africa? I'm like, good try. <laughs> nice try, everybody. Oh. I'm Australian. Oh. Um, no, I mean, I know when we met, we met in a Zoom call, we were speaking at an event together. And as soon as I saw you, I was like, I love her. That's my new best friend. I was like, found her. <laughs> and then we got to the event and at that lunch that it was like, you know, those people that you just connect with. Mm. And so you meet them and then just everything goes blurry. And a lot of the times we talk about that when it comes to like, Hollywood movies or yes. rom-coms and that kind of a scene. Yeah. But I think it happens just in normal relate in I friendships. Agree. And yeah. you just meet people and just everything. And you're like, oh, I found you. Yes. Like, especially as we get older, because let's not even go into how awkward it is trying to make new friends oh, when you're so an adult. Awkward. Like when yeah. you're a kid, it's yeah. like, let's build a sandcastle. Yeah. And then when you're an adult, it's like, do I talk to you in Target? Do I, I tell know. you my life story? It's so weird. Do we just like, do you like coffee? I like coffee. Like, it's just like, how do we be, how do you I, make friends yes. when you're older? But then you do, and you were just one of those that we connected our stories. We have a mm -hmm. lot of similarities in there. 
Um, and you have so many strengths that I definitely don't have. And we were able to find such common ground in mm. that. But I just, I love when that happens. Me too. And, um, yes, I am Australian. I moved to LA about, and it'll be 10 years in March, which is what? wild, right? It's wild. Um, I moved to work for a church, which is the usual Hollywood story. I'm aware yeah. of that. People, people, doesn't everyone move to LA to? To work for a church. I thought that was, I thought that was They come here did. to make it big. Yeah. Not yeah, to work yeah. for a church. Got it. Got it. I missed that one. <laughs> My goodness. But I did. I moved to work for a church in LA. I moved here for ministry, not media. And then in 2020, um, accidentally quit my job, which is such Ax a good thing to do. Accidentally. Such a good, I, I recommend it for anyone in a pandemic, just quit your job, you know? Um, but I did, and it, it was such a God pivot looking back at the time. It feels like an identity crisis, like what am I doing with my life? But mm -hmm. it was just so God, and I'd worked for this church, and um, I would just always find myself in rooms, whether it was like media rooms or with people in influence or other leaders mm. that, um, I find these connections with. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. Not realizing that I think sometimes what we continue to call a coincidence, we probably have to take a step back and be like, wait, right. is this a coincidence or is this something God's doing? Right. Because I was like, Oh, just, I guess I just connect with these kinds of people. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then <laughs> Uh, during 2020, um, that first week in the pandemic, you remember everyone was like uh, spending time with God, even if they're an atheist, yeah, like yeah. everyone was like, what is happening? Right. And I was reading my Bible and there's this story um, in the book of Judges in the Old Testament by the, with this kid called Gideon. And um, he's this like, he feels like he's the runt of the litter. He's like the weakest of his family and he's hiding in a wine press and he's threshing. It says he was threshing wheat in a wine press because you meant to thresh wheat on the top of a mountain. I'm not a farmer. I yeah. just know this because I like to research the Bible. Yeah. So yeah. don't get it twisted. I only have one pair of cowgirl boots. <laughs> but um, he is threshing wheat on a, in a wine press because the enemy kept stealing their harvest on top of the mountain when wow. they were threshing wheat on the mountain. And first of all, I was like, oh, my gosh, I know what that feels like to feel like you're sowing seeds and somebody else keeps coming and taking yes. what you've sown. I think yes. we've all had that experience, right? Right, right. Um, and so they start threshing wheat in a wine press, which for a season is kind of wise. Like, let's get away from the enemy. Let's do what we can. We can't yep. do as much as if we, we were doing on the mountain, but at least we'll have a little bit. Right. But the problem with those safe places for a season, when we stay there longer than we're meant to, then suddenly what was just for a season becomes the story of our life. Mm. And I think God gives us safe places for seasons, right? If you're yeah. going through a heartbreak or you're transitioning or you are you lost your job or whatever it yeah. is, there are these safe places for a season, but we were never meant to stay there. Right. And so to be honest, um, part of my story is that I was married and divorced in the same year in 2017, publicly in ministry, super don't recommend it, yeah. but that's my story. Yeah. Um, and, and so for a season, it was really safe to come back to Los Angeles after I'd gone to Australia for a few months to I heal, bet. therapy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, the church was such a healing place for me. Mm. But looking back, if I'm honest, I was there too long. Yeah. Like God was trying to transition me, but I was so scared because suddenly I found safety again. And I was like, oh, I don't, this is too safe. Yeah. But I was threshing wheat in a wine press like Gideon. Mm. And so back to the story, I'm reading this story on the first week of the lockdown in, in the pandemic. And I felt like um, God spoke to me. When I say to that, all, all I mean, there yeah. wasn't like this big audible voice. It was like, Elise. And I was like, what's up, man? No, nothing like that. It was just this sense of like, um, like intuition or your gut instinct or this like feeling yeah. that I knew that this was like jumping off the page yeah. at me. Yes. And I felt like God said, that's what I'm doing with the church. I'm closing the doors to the church because they've done ministry one way for a really long time. And that was okay for a while. But the problem with staying there is that another generation will grow up and think that's always how you're meant to do ministry or church or right. you think that this is the way it's always meant to be done. Right. And I was like, that is so true, God. Like this American Western like culture of how we do church isn't the only way to do church. Like right. just turns out just yeah. in case you were wondering, like how you see church is never the only way to do yeah. church. It's just people coming together, eating and like talking about God and fellowshipping. So basically right. any dinner table you're at where you talk to God yeah. and want to pray and have a glass of wine, That's church. turns out you just had church. Yeah. So cool. Don't get me started on that. But yeah. so I'm getting excited, right? I'm, I'm like, yeah, God, get him. Like yeah. I was in the church, like I was on staff at the church. And then as, before I could get it out of my mouth, I felt so clearly God say, and I'm doing the same with you. 
Elise, you've been in the wine press for too long. I'm calling you out of the church. And I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was like, what? And God was like, yeah, you've been there for too long and I'm not putting you in a place anymore where you are waiting for people to come to you. It's time to take the lid off. It's yeah. time to go out there. Yeah. And um, I hadn't uh, preached in our pulpit for a while, for a good few months at that point. And if I'm honest, I felt this restlessness because I can't help it. I don't really know what I do for a job. I like just yeah, communicate we talking about in this. all different forms, yeah, right? Yeah, which I love. I yeah. can't help but talk about God. I can't help but talk about the Bible. I can't yeah. help but mix truth and honesty because I feel like these days it can feel like vinegar and oil. Yes. Truth and honesty. Like let's preach truth from a pulpit or from my Instagram. But I'm like, but where's the honesty? Yeah. Like, and what do you, what do you mean by that? It's, I've been processing this lately because I didn't know what I meant at first. I was like, I think there's a difference, but that doesn't make sense because those two words, they mean the same thing, don't they? And I think what I mean by that is we have a lot of people that will shout out to the world the truth of what they believe, their opinion, their political view, their faith-based view, their just how you should parent someone, like a child, like whatever it is, we, we shout truth, but we hold back our own honesty. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that's a cool principle. Right. But how's that going in your life? Yeah. So like they don't mix it with vulnerability. I feel like, yeah. And yeah. so it's really easy. I can shout. The easiest place for me to hide is behind a pulpit. Right. The easiest place is when I'm preaching behind a pulpit, I get to actually hide yeah. in plain sight. Yeah. But the scary part and yet the most powerful part is when I go, hey, here's the principle from the Bible. Here's what I read this morning. And here's how it's challenging me in my own right. life. Like I am hiding in a wine press. Right. This season has ended this and I know what God is saying. And this is so tough because here's how it feels. And suddenly, you know what happens? What? Someone leans in and feels permission yeah. to say same. Mm-hmm. But if we're just a world that's giving you our five principles to success without telling you how much our heart is breaking right. and how success often is a lonely place to be, mm-hmm. if we don't talk about that, mm-hmm. then people are just going to feel like they're doing it wrong forever. Forever. And, and yet, truth and honesty, they should be the same thing. Mm. But I think the most powerful places is in those meeting places where we can connect truth and honesty. Does that make sense? It makes 100%. And I have always felt called to explain something like a principle and then give an example. Or, you know, if I'm going through deep pain, typically, you know, I'll share with people like it's a difficult time. When I learn a lesson, that's typically when I train on it or Mm -hmm. talk about it because I can process it a little bit more. Yeah. You know, like I know we both have very similar stories of once being, you know, married mm-hmm. and feeling de- like you found forever. Yeah. And then, and then it not. Yeah. Let's let's go there for sure. a minute if if you're open because go. you can ask yeah. me anything. It's just yeah. us. It's just us talking. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know? know, I remember like going through my divorce yeah. and it was like shame, shame, right. shame. And like I knew it. I knew the relationship was over for a thousand yeah. different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it was just like my soul was like crushed, not yeah. only from the healing process, but from a public perspective. Yes. I would get messages from people that don't even know me, mm-hmm. that know nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where's your husband? Mm-hmm. Like all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And it was so difficult yeah. because I'm much like you. I love to live my life out loud. Yeah. So what do you do in the seasons? I was, it was, what do you do in the when hard navigate season? navigate that tension. And you're navigating. How much do I say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me Listen. if you're open, like, how did you, first of all, like you're also a pastor's kid, you know, like how did you navigate living this public life? Not only yeah. just public, but like in the church. Yeah. Like, how did you even deal with all that? I I think from when I was a kid, I always had, I've always had a relationship with God. I know God's fun. I don't care what other Christians say. They might be like, the joy of the Lord. And I'm like, where is it, fam? Like, you forgot your face. But like, I do believe that God is fun. I believe that we're meant to have this joy. I think that our lives should be attractive. If you really are in a relationship with the God that created the universe, that's right. turns out, newsflash, you created happiness yes. and joy. Yes. And that's not surface. Right. It's real. Right. And it's authentic. And um, and so for me, growing up, I knew God was fun. I just didn't think all of God's people were. Like, I was like, I just want to be like that. And so I'd get myself into these precarious situations because I'm just a curious human. Yeah. And then growing up, my parents are amazing. I mean, I really do have an amazing relationship with with my parents and they loved me as 
perfectly as humanly possible, which means imperfectly. Um, And so we all need therapy. (laughs) Um, For me, I grew up, but I, church often took the, um, let me say it this way. The voice of God often sounded like the preacher instead of me talking to God. Does that make sense? So like the sermons I would hear, someone would say a thought from the pulpit and I would just make it my theology yeah. without really processing it, asking questions. Like I forgot curiosity when it came to God. Yeah. Um, and so as I grew up, I started to like kind of have these questions, but then be scared of questions because I thought having questions would be a lack of faith and right. all this stuff. And so um, growing up in church in Australia with a dad that was a very well-known um, pastor and preacher, I was always in green rooms like uh, the back room before you would go out and um, whether you'd do an event or a church service. And I knew how to work a green room. I still do to this day. It's one of my strengths. Yeah. But often there's a shadow side to every strength. Mm. And that was also my weakness because I knew, I knew what you needed me to be for me to connect with you, Uh which is really great when you're you're trying to connect with someone. The problem with that is I know exactly who you need me to be to connect with you, but I never really feel known. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so for me, I moved to Los Angeles from my parents' house, by the way. I'd never lived outside of home. Just really hashtag like extremely were you worked, again. Were you working in your parents' church? Yeah. So I was working with my dad and um, I did a year of Bible college, almost got kicked out because I got caught smoking and drinking, which is not a surprise to anyone that knows me. And my dad was like, all right, you just need to come and work for Christians me. And I was like, Christians okay. can't drink. <laughs> no, I still do. Uh, um, but like I signed a contract when I joined yeah, this Bible college to be like, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't yeah. drink and smoke. And then I was like, surprise. <laughs> so my dad was like, all right, she needs 24-hour supervision. Still do. Um, but... So I do that work for my dad for five years. Always knew that God had called me to America. Didn't know where, didn't know why. Um, And then I get this job offer and I'm like, Hollywood, everyone's working for churches, right? And I go work for a church, but no one knew me. I had no friends. So on a Sunday, I'd be on stage emceeing or preaching or whatever, but I didn't have any friends. I just had a lot of people that thought we were friends. Uh, So then I would go on a Sunday night and have my own church at the W Hotel at a thing called Jazz Night. Um, Shout out to one of my very first friends, Nikki. She was a singer of it. It was so much fun. But for me, I just always felt lost. Yeah. I never really felt like anyone knew me because mm. I wore a mask. Yeah. And um, and so it wasn't until I met my husband, uh, ex-husband now, but met my husband in, the, in, he was in our internship program and he was like the hot worship leader. And I was yeah. like, hell yeah. yeah. I was like, yep, <laughs> found him. <laughs> and so uh, the problem was I was so distracted with wanting to be chosen that mm. I didn't stop to think like, do I choose him? And I was so wanting just to be a wife, thinking it would give me some kind of spiritual clout. Yeah. Because if I'm honest, totally. I think people didn't quite know what to do with a blonde Australian chick that preached, but that was single. Yeah. And so for me, I thought it would maybe be safe for a lot of other people for me to preach if I had a husband on my arm. And don't get me wrong. I loved him. No, I, I, I feel this because even right? like in business, it's... Is it the same? Yes. Okay. And it's like is everything okay? Like, it's almost like, or don't you, do you want kids or? It's like, it's mixed messages, right? uh, Yeah. It's it's, mixed messages because we also want to tell people, be happy in your singleness. Right. But if you start to be successful as a single woman, whether it's in business or media or church and you don't have a husband, then it's like, I know you're happy in your singleness, but don't be too happy. Yeah. You know, because like, you're really not experiencing it. And here's the deal. I've always wanted family. I want kids. I want to be married. It's not like you're opposed. I'm not opposed to it. But suddenly I was getting these mixed messages of you're telling me to be really happy in my singleness, but you're also looking at me with one eye, like, well, maybe you shouldn't dress like that or wear that or whatever. Um, And maybe you just need to settle down a little bit, you know? And so I uh, met my husband. He proposed to me on stage after I had been speaking and um, I was, I was ecstatic, but also it was a surprise. It was quite quick. And wow. Like how quick? uh, I think we dated for like uh, eight months. Okay. I think when we got, when we got engaged, something like that. And then we got married a few months later and wow, we got married in the January, 2017. And I just remember I had this image on this to this day. I've never really talked a lot about it publicly um, partly because of what we were just talking about, the tension, and then partly because I'm like, I'm writing a book. And so right, right. <laughs> that'll be in there. But it's about my healing journey. And so I still remember this visual of this day, being at my wedding day, walking down the aisle, the service had finished, and I was sitting alone 
in the lobby of the church, the foyer of the church. And I was like, wait, why am I alone? I'm in my big white dress. What? I don't know where my husband is. My girls are off like, I don't know, if TikTok was a thing back then, they would have been doing a TikTok yeah, dance, yeah. but like taking selfies or something. And I was like, I shouldn't feel like this. Yeah. And I quickly pushed it away because who right. wants to feel like that on right. the wedding day? Right. Oh my gosh. And then um, we got on our honeymoon and it just very quickly, very, very quickly fell apart. And there was a lot of, a lot of things that happened. I just, I fell apart too. Cause I was yeah. like, and yet publicly, the image of the perfect marriage was there. I would still post about him on right, Instagram. Right. These days, can I say this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't say whatever. All of them are like this, but like the longer I see a post about a husband or a wife, the more I'm like, what's yeah. really going on? Yeah. You know, because, totally. and I'm not saying that that yes. is always a thing, but yeah. I'm like, I did that. Yeah. So it's like, we'd have a fight and I'd be like, how do I make it better? Let me post about it. Yeah. And we had, we looked like, it was probably an issue because we really wanted to be the couple from Empire, that show. And I was like, they're so dysfunctional. Like looking back, I'm like, why did we want to be Cookie and like whatever his name is? Um, and so we have this like photo of like my hand was on his shoulder at the front and we looked yeah. like bosses. Yeah. Um, but the problem with like looking like a boss is that you're often broken behind the scenes yeah. and no one knows. Right. And that was me. Yeah. And so all this stuff was falling apart and there's a lot of other stuff, obviously, as yeah. you know, that goes into it. Yeah. And it wasn't until I finally was like, I have to drop the mask. I have to really say what's going on. I also can't just blame. Right. How did I get here? Right. Because that was the thing, right? Right. It was like, it was really easy to blame. And on paper. Totally easy to blame. The lists look different. 100%. But for me, it was, where did Elise take a pivot? Because I was more broken than I wanted to admit. Because mm. I wanted a marriage that looked really good rather than having a marriage that was really good. Oof. And for me, um, that was my massive healing journey of realizing the day I realized in therapy that one of the reasons I married this man was to make the 16-year-old kid in me feel cool. I was so mad. Oh, I bet you were. Because I was like, oh my gosh. I just was a little kid that wanted to be chosen. Mm. I just finally wanted to fit. Yeah. I just finally wanted to belong. Yeah. I think Brene Brown is the one that says that if I have to be like you, I fit in. If I get to be like me, I belong. Amen. And so good. Part of that divorce was really me coming to and standing up and getting back on my feet again and saying, actually, the broken pieces, maybe they're more beautiful than me pretending to have a perfect picture because no one's perfect. Right. So if I'm always trying to portray this perfection, it's going to be at the expense of my own soul, right? my own spirit. Yeah. And there are things that I don't share publicly. Obviously, there's also people on the other extreme that I'm like, oh, sweetheart, let's go to therapy. Let's not put our trauma yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Like, let's not do that right. live. Right. Come on, fam. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. not. I said this the other day on a podcast. <laughs> I was like, I feel like now we have the other extreme a little bit where we have some people that sounds harsh. Okay. Warning. I'm about to say something harsh. Yeah. But I love you so much. Yeah. I think sometimes we can prostitute our own trauma to build a platform. That's amen. I completely agree. And yeah. maybe, maybe, yeah. we just need to do a little bit of healing. Yep. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And that's why two when when I was going through my stuff, mm-hmm. I was going to therapy twice a Go. week. Same. Church, like mm-hmm. it was a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. It was like, a healing if it's not God, therapy, you know, working out and, and working Dude, on myself. That was so that, my, I was like, like yeah, yes. it was like, I remember telling my girlfriend, like, it's gotta be these things. Mm-hmm. Body, soul, spirit. Help. Yeah. Because you can't like abs don't fix a broken heart. No. And just going to and church going to doesn't bar. make you physically strong. And yeah. we have again, the extremes of it. Yeah. Or going to the bar and just sitting there and being like, okay, line up boys. Yeah. Like that doesn't work. Either. That's not going to feel good the next day. Trust me. And trust. <laughs> like, trust. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a whole thing where like, but there was moments where I'm like, I want to get yes. on Instagram right now and blast you. You know what I, I mean? Know. Especially and, when you and feel like, like you want to tell them, yeah. like I want to, Give my side of the story yeah. because there are because two that's sides. that's what starts to happen, mm-hmm. and I think anybody can relate to this. Whether it's a business falling out, a relationship mm-hmm. falling out, like you, our ego so badly oh wants gosh. to tell our story, and and mm-hmm. and it it gets 
it is it's so difficult. Now that I'm past it, I'm like, oh, I got this. Yeah. But in the moment. Because you got closure on your own. Yeah. But when I you're would still like working through the pieces yourself. I would go to an event mm-hmm. or meet someone and they're like, oh, I heard all this. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no. Do you want to see some? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, do you want to see the receipt? Yeah. But <laughs> I have them. And it also like, you know, I always look at like, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Yeah. And what I realized is like, now when I see something happen, I'm like, there's two sides. Every story. I'm like, I'm not going to judge. I don't even know them. Yeah. I don't story. even, I haven't even talked to them, mm-hmm. you know, cause you realize that, you know, it's so major. Mm-hmm. And often the one I think sometimes that is a little bit more silent about it. Anyway, it, it's yeah. all subjective, isn't it? Isn't it? it just, really, I'm like, yeah. ah, yeah. there's layers of feeling. Yeah. But yeah. From, I, I just think that is so important to remember, especially when it comes to Instagram. But that was the tension I had to mar- uh, manage. Well, that was a Freudian slip, marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, is because when you do live a public life, there also is a, a part of you that you're like, I have this platform. So what do I do with it? And it's just navigating that tension, I think, of not pretending everything's fine, but not feeling like you have to go and tell everybody during your process or, like I said, prostitute your own trauma just to build a platform. Sometimes the worst thing we can do for people is bleed on them. Like maybe just wait till it's a scar. Yep. Show your scars. Jesus showed his scars. Right. Like if Jesus had scars, why do we think we have to hide ours, first of all? But also... Whoa. Like, yeah. That... It brings tears to my eyes. Well, wow. because I think that that's the other. And yeah. again, we're talking about attention right now. So while we are seesawing between this pretending to be perfect and then not bleeding on people, but there is that middle ground. And once you have healed, why are you hiding your scars? Yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. had them. And I just wonder, he had this uh, moment with this guy that people called t- Doubting Th- Thomas in the Bible. His other name was Didymus, which sounds like a, the best DJ name yeah, ever. Yeah, it but, does. Like, yeah. Um, they call him Doubting Thomas, but I think I would have been the same because he didn't get to see Jesus when he appeared to the disciples. He was off, I don't know, on Instagram. And then um, Jesus comes to him and he's like, I can't, I don't know it's you. I, it's a ghost. He's like, it's a ghost. And Jesus is like, it's me. And then he had said to the disciples, unless I see the scars in Jesus' hands, you better believe I'm not believing that he is real. I saw that man die. He couldn't, he couldn't possibly be alive now unless I see the scars. So Jesus appears to him and he's like, hey man, here they are. And I just wonder sometimes if we're in a society that shames scars because actually it's the secret to show someone that there's life on the other side of death. Yeah. Wow. And if you don't show people your scars, scars not bleeding, not yep. triage. Yep. If we don't show people our scars, but we say we want to be like Jesus. Right. That's the difference between truth and mixing truth and honesty. Amen. So well said, Elise. It's so well said. You know, when I train on the it factor, one of my things I have people do is really think about what experiences in life have they had, and I have them write it down. That's so good. Because I I really want people to understand like your life experiences, yeah. especially if you've healed from them, or maybe even acknowledging them, using that to understand mm-hmm. what things have come up, what skills have come up because of your trauma. Maybe mm-hmm. you had to learn how to navigate. And they don't naturally put that yeah. together, right? Yeah. Which, you know, like me growing up without a father and a single mom, you know, what I realized, like, I, I'm super independent and I get stuff done because I watched a mom raise three kids on wow. her own. But it's just, it's it's changing that wow. around. So I always have people do that when finding their it factor because your it, part of your it is your past experiences, your past jobs, your past expertise, like all the things. I love that because it's like taking in what I said and what you said, it's like your scars have skills. Yes. Wow. Yes. Look at your scars. And sometimes we're, we're afraid of that. We want to forget that never happened. I don't want to talk about the divorce or that bankruptcy or that abortion or that um, whatever I went through for yeah. someone's story. Whatever right. that is for you. That right. thing that you leave out. Right. That thing you leave out. In we all, and, we, and everyone we all does it. it. Yeah. We all have it's it. It's like, wait, edit that out. Edit out a story. Yeah. But I'm like, no. Uh, you don't need to edit it out. Why? Because if you look again at the scars, it'll show you some skills. Yeah. Because guess what? I am a lot more discerning than I was before. Yes, you are. 
and sometimes to the other extreme. Right. We're a little extreme over here. Yeah, yeah, same. Sometimes it can be like, Elise, you don't actually have a bad picker. <laughs> yeah. Like, you pick well now. Right. Because there is this thing in my gut that's like, mm. no, this is a good person. Yeah. Or I know now that I, I know things now that I didn't know yes. before. And also, I'm so much more connected to women that have also been through yeah. heartbreak. Same. You can't go through something and then not connect yeah. with other people that are going through yeah. it. Yeah. And I wouldn't be that way or have the even just the influence and women that I'm able and have the privilege of leading if I hadn't had been yeah. through that. Yeah. And so it makes you such mm-hmm. a great mentor. It really does. I, uh, the, you said it. There's skills and our scars. I like yeah. That. Yeah. Absolutely. I like it. How did you lean into faith when you went through this trying time? I mean, I, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, anybody that's ever moved, especially countries, <laughs> especially careers, yeah. it's like a whole psychological thing. Yeah. You go from like, do I belong here? Mm. And and then you add the career thing on top because our identities are wrapped up in, in careers. Right. Like what was, and this is fairly recent, like you're in, like she interviews and talks to some of the biggest celebrities in the world. Like you're in rooms with pe- people that have built massive empires mm-hmm. and massive influence. You've carried the stage. Like I've witnessed you. It's like, you're so talented. But what was that really like, identity-wise? Because um, I know it a was lot. a crisis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. So, yeah. so let's take the divorce for a second. My faith during my divorce, actually, for me, this is not for everyone. But I went back to Australia um, just to be able to grieve and get some really strong therapy, body, soul, spirit. Yeah. Um, but for me, I remember for the first two weeks, I refused to go to church. Which for me, church kid, I was preaching in churches. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't be around happy, clappy Christians yeah. when I was pissed off at God. Yeah. Like I was Whoa. like, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Sorry, fam. Yeah. And those were some of my most special times with God. I would sit on my balcony. My mom, my family went to church with my mom's dog or our family dog, King Charles Powell Murphy the first, uh. Charlie. Um, and I would talk to God and just cry, just be angry. And that was a season I learned that God could didn't it's not only that God couldn't handle my questions, he wanted my questions because mm. it's where I became childlike again and got my curiosity back. Uh, so for a long time, I had been like, oh, I know the answers. Yeah. But it's amazing how much a pivot in life and those plot twists, suddenly we have more questions than before. And you fall to your knees. Yeah. I remember just like laying on really? the ground oh, in I my bedroom mm-hmm. and I was just like, I like you question everything. I'm just done. Yeah. I'm done. I I had one of those moments too. I had one of those moments too. I still remember being on my face and crying out to God. My This was one of the times my husband had left and stormed out. And I was like, God, please save my marriage. Please, 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 please. You can't take this. Please. I was begging God. And I remember that night my husband came home and there was something that had happened and he came back, which was not common. And I just wonder, I don't know, right? We had these moments and I'm like, I just wonder if God gave me an extra couple of months. And I was like, all right, she's not ready. But I also remember the day sitting on that balcony in Australia after the divorce, grieving, and God saying, Elise, you asked me to save your marriage, but I saved you from your marriage. Just because we have questions that don't always get answered doesn't mean that God didn't have his way. Right. Because if we knew why God did everything, he wouldn't be God. Right. Right. Like, I don't want to be God. Trust yeah. me. We don't need. Yeah. Listen. What do you say to someone who's like lost a child, lost yeah. a parent, lost, you know, we all go through that in life. Like, and they're like, why would God do that if, you know, if they, he loves me so yeah. much. Right. Like, what do you, what do you, how do you even answer that? Um, sometimes I don't. Yeah. I never give an answer because I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But sometimes I've been in rooms when a parent has just lost a child, when someone's lost a parent. My dad lost his dad last year. And I've been in rooms where it just doesn't make sense, especially because I don't know. But quite often in those moments, they don't want words. Yeah. And we're in a dangerous place if we think someone wants an answer when what they really want is just our presence. Yeah. And I think... Uh, Paul talks about in um, in the New Testament, this guy that wrote, I think it's two-thirds of the New Testament, he says, um, 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, present your requests to God. Talk to God about yeah. it. Yeah. And he says, and the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I remember one day reading that and it's stopping. And I was like, oh, so I actually don't want clarity. I just want peace. Yeah. The problem is sometimes I'll ask God um, for peace and then he'll give me peace. And then I'll be like, and by the way, <laughs> here's all my yes. questions. Give me clarity. I need yeah. the next step. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, yeah. And suddenly I don't feel peace anymore. Why? Because Elise, you can have peace or you can have understanding, but you cannot have both. Right. And there are some times yeah, I if agree. I have to choose one to this day, I'm like, God, give me your peace. The same. Because what I also realize is that peace can be my umpire. Yeah. Peace is my referee when it comes to a decision. Yes. Peace is, where is your peace? Yeah. I'm going to follow peace. Mm. And so coming back to that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't pray for answers for people though anymore. I pray for peace. Pray for peace. Yeah. And understand that. Isn't that what we all want? And looking back, often we have a bit more perspective. I mean, there are lists. And there are still questions that I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. To this day, right, right. Currently right now I have a situation in my life. I'm like, why did I do that? Why did that happen? Yeah. But God, give me peace. Yep. Because this is literally out of my control and right. I am a control freak. Yeah, and so likewise. Are, so are you. I was yeah. going to say, because we're humans right. and humans are control freaks. Yeah. We yeah. all want control. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what we're actually striving for is peace yeah. and safety. Amen. All day long. I've so. had that revelation like the last couple of years and it's like, I just crave peace right. so much. And, you, and then you want to get out of yeah. like, rid of and the there's chaos. A level, when you have peace, you have trust. Yes. And I'm just like, everything is always working out for me. Mm-hmm. I say that every single day. Everything's always working I out for me. I love that. Everything's always working out for working me. Working out. I'm like, oh, that person canceled the appointment. Everything's always working mm-hmm. out for me. Wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. Like everything's always working out for me. And it's just that. like, I always come back to gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Even if right. it's just like, I'm, I'm on the interstate. I'm, I'm late. Like this thing fell through. This isn't, you know, I feel like if it's too forced, I'm, right. I'm just kind of done now. Yes. If it's too forced or if I'm trying too hard, it's just like, I got to let it go Yep. because there's just a reason. That is so good. I love that. I'm about the flow. And you talk a lot about hustle and flow and. Yeah. Because I think that that's the thing, right? Is that we're in a city that Los Angeles is a city of hustle. Yeah. Me and a couple of friends have this like joke of like execution, grind, hustle. <laughs> like that's people are like, they're on like the crack yeah. of those three words. Yeah. But I've learned that the blessings that I have to manipulate to get, I never get to keep. Oh. Whoa. Whoa, say that one more time. The blessings I have to manipulate to get, I never get to keep. Oh, wow. And the problem with that is I wouldn't have called it manipulation before because I was like, I'm not manipulating people. Right, right. But are you manipulating the situation? Mm. are you, if I just go here, maybe I can meet that. And I'm not saying opportunity. I'm not saying don't be prepped for an opportunity. Right, right. Good Lord. We yeah. don't need more people that have an opportunity. Like, ah, oh, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> why are you building your platform? No, why? So right. that when you build your platform, you're like, well, I guess I can just do like, I don't know, another collab. <laughs> like, yeah. I do, like know, know what your message is, right? Yeah. That's a yeah. big thing that you teach. Right. And so like, yeah. know what you're doing it for. Yeah. Be prepped. But there's a difference between being prepped and following wisdom and allowing God to open doors and then and then walking through them unapologetically mm-hmm. with your head held high, knowing God's called you to that yes. and trying to like jiggle the door open yourself. Yeah. And being like, if I can just figure out this lock. Yeah. But you know what I found? You know, with iPhones, right? Before there was like the face thing. Yeah. The key, the key password thing. Yeah. Um, what happens is if you get it wrong like three times or whatever, it looks you out for a minute. Yeah. And then, and then you, if and you, then get you go it wrong crazy again, and then you're like, blah, 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 I need to get it. It's been a minute. And then what happens if you get it wrong the next time? They lock you out for longer. Longer. Yeah. Oh, geez. Tragedy. What they are we lock you do? out for longer. But I feel like that's like with our destiny sometimes yeah. because we keep trying to find the code to it. God, I'm just going to let me get this code. We and, don't trust. And then, and then the process is yeah. longer. Shortcuts only ever lead to delays, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Same. Because every time I tried to take a shortcut, every time I tried to manipulate a situation, every time yeah. I tried to do this or do that or do that, I'm like, why? I feel like I'm in a worse position. I feel like I'm yeah. playing snakes and ladders. And every yeah. time I try to do it myself, yeah. I'm down. Yeah. And it's like the flow of it is understanding there is a beautiful partnership with God. Yeah. 
And it's not, I'm waiting on God because we love to sometimes use procrastination and we call it prayer. Yeah. You know, we're like, yeah. I'm just going to pray about that. And I'm I, like, are you I procrastinating? I'm not. Like, are you procrastinating? I'll no. whip it around. Listen. I, yeah. But um, I'm just going to pray about it. Let me just pray about this opportunity. Yeah, for okay. like a month. Yeah. And then be like, um, well, <laughs> that one day event has already passed. So yeah. you can take that off your prayer list now because yeah. you already missed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe that there are steps of faith we need to take. God shows us the next yeah. step. He doesn't show us the whole staircase. You have right. to take the next step to know where you're going. Right. So, but it's a partnership. Mm. There is a time of surrender. And I'm yeah. literally right now studying surrender because I'm like, what does that even look like? Yeah. I am not. turns out. Turns out, real bad at surrender. <laughs> really good at control. Really good at being in the driver's seat. But what does it actually look like to yeah, be like, what I does... can't control this. And I think what it looks like is to say, God, is there anything you need me to do right now? Following peace, isn't there? Oh, what's this anxiety? Actually, this anxiety is rooted in me wanting to control. Mm. But if I don't get to keep the blessing I have to manipulate to get. So I know the end result of having to manipulate let me try this. Yeah. What if I just wait? What if I just surrender? What if I really trust that God's going to do what he said he's going to do? Mm-hmm. And if that door closes, he already had a better one anyway. Yeah. And so I am in real time for him. Yeah. Learning surrender, learning flow. Yeah. Because often we're really good at one. Yeah. But the partnership is both. Yeah. Um, so I know I'm learning it too. I don't know the answer yet. Um, no, it's, it, it's such a, it's so beautiful. I even, it's funny. Cause when you say surrender and peace, I get like lighter mm-hmm. when, when Same. we're, when we're forcing things, right. it feels tense, tense. So like to me, like surrender and flow, I feel like abundant. Mm. I feel like it's just like so clear mm-hmm. where when you're, you're tight, you're holding everything to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I flowed more, when I show up more of who mm-hmm. I really am and who God has created me to yeah. be, when I don't wear the masks right. and I throw it off, yep. that's actually when everything flows to Isn't me. Crazy, because you don't have to be a pretender. I'm yep. like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. These are my scars. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like this these my are my scars. Yeah, and I'm just like, this is my truth. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's funny because people that are often are tense will look at that kind of life and be like, whatever, you've had it all handed to you. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually no. And that's okay that you can't see it behind the scenes. Right. There's plenty of people that look at right. my life and it'd be like, oh, she lands on her feet just because like that's, you know, she's just, it's just been easy for her. And I'm like. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Ta- l- let me, um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> what I want to know like from you, and I know a lot of other people do as well, like, how do you prioritize your faith? Mm. Like how, you know, something I admire about you so much is like, you know, so much scripture, like you can just rattle it off. Like you're, you can preach, like you have devotionals, you've written many books, you know, what is two parts of this? How do you work on your faith? Mm-hmm. Like even today, knowing what you know, and then how do you practice that in this world and even living in LA? Yeah. Like, like, how is that really like you're in a group of people, everyone's getting wasted going out. Like, do you bring up God? Do you like, I I think people, they really struggle with that. Like, I want to pursue my faith, but I want to live a fun life. What does that look like? Is this verse, (laughs) speaking of bringing up scripture, this is verse, I think it's in Proverbs. And again, I'm trying to get better at my references right now. Yeah. So right now you'll notice I'll be like in the New Testament, all Paul says, or like somewhere in the Bible, scripture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fathers of our faith would say, like, I'm trying to get better at being like actually Romans 5, 8 or Romans yeah, 1, yeah, 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 specific. But um, it does say that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So whatever's here is going to come out here. So when you say to me, oh, that was a joke, I wasn't, I'm like, yeah, but there was something in there because out of right. the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, or when I'm like, wow, you have so much wisdom and you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm just like saying something I heard. No, 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 that was in your heart because it came out of your mouth. Wow. So I think the um, the Bible, ah, at least in real time, the Bible says um, that God will, we know, Genesis 1-1, yeah, nailed it. Yeah, girl. Um, that God said, let there be light in the beginning was nothing. And then um, he said, let that. So he spoke words and the world was created. Mm. So first of all, why do we think that our words aren't powerful anymore? Right. 
um, we have like take backs. We're like, oh, I just didn't mean it or no offense. I'm like, that was very offensive. Right, (laughs) right. Turns out um, saying no offense doesn't make something not offensive, but I'm learning the power of my words. And so because of that, I've had to split up the difference between my relationship with God and um, studying my faith. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I feel like there's two different extremes. There's people that are just like all spirit and all relationship. And I love that for them. If that's working for you, go for it. For me, tell me what I believe. Why do I believe that? Because there's too many people these days that are coming at me with their truth that I'm like, last time I checked, truth was a person and his name is Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right. So what does he say? So it's just like made up stuff. Well, for me, I think that a lot of people call truth what sounds good in their life and their worldview. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, again, did you take that thought that that preacher was preaching and make it your theology or did you study it? So why it comes out of my mouth so much is because I just, I, I have built and created an obsession with it. I'm obsessed. With understanding. I'm obsessed with understanding the Bible. Yeah. I'm obsessed with studying scripture. I love treasure hunts, um, like probably more than Nicolas Cage, it sounds like. <laughs> but I love treasure hunts. I love finding the gems yeah. in the Bible and they're mysterious. So you got to die for them. The reason it comes out of my mouth is, is the same reason that if you're out with your friends having a drink, that you'll somewhere along the way, it's Emily is going to come out. Why? Not because they're two different people, because it's the same person. Yeah. Like the Hannah Montana thing. Like yeah. best of both worlds. It's right. going to come out. So I right. am the girl and I am the preacher. Right. I am both. They're separate and they're together. Yeah. So when I'm out with you and we're talking about guys and we're having a drink, you better believe something in scripture is going to come up. Why? Because it's in me. I'm not totally. pretending. So when I it's in it. you, it comes out of you. Yeah. I love it. So I was, I was with a group of girlfriends and they were like, oh, here she goes. She's like at the bar preaching. Yep. You can't <laughs> They're help like, it. And, and one of my friends was literally laughing. She's like, Emily was like, and I'm like, your stage is everywhere you go. Yes. You're everywhere you go. And Do you think my stage yes. is only the stage in front of 10,000 people? If it is, guess if what? That's not going to last long. Fakey, fake, fakerson. We know them. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, I think that like, th- that is the thing though. That And that is the reason it's not it's not fake. It's real. You can't help it. Okay. Yeah. Think about this. Uh, you know when you had a crush on a guy? Yeah. You know when you first started talking to them? Yeah. And it's still new. It's still like when their name comes up on your phone, you're like. You're like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. And so what do you do? You find ways to bring them up. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help it. Right. You're like, oh my gosh, I love that we're having a meeting right now about my schedule. Do you know yeah. who, else, who else has a schedule? Yeah. This guy that I'm talking yeah. to. Um, anyway, I'll have a coffee. Do you know who else drinks coffee? It's so weird. Not even mean to bring him up, but um, this guy drinks coffee too. Did you know that? Anyway, so his eyes. Like, you can't help it. Yeah. Because you're in, like, you're having Infactuated. these things. You're obsessed. Yeah. It's also a really great, amazing part of being human. It's yeah, one of my it's favorite fun. parts of the human experience. Yeah, it's so fun. It's the same for me. Yeah. When it comes to the Bible, when it comes to God, yeah. I'm like, I can't help it. Yeah. I can't help it. It's like the secret sauce. It just comes out. I can't help it. And I that's the difference it. between be around someone long enough and you'll know what they believe. Yes. So because good. people can only hold up a mask for a certain amount of time. It's so true. And so... Um, yeah. I don't know about it. I don't even remember the question anymore. No, but. it's it's so powerful. So good. I love it. I I, I just, I love you. I like, love you. this has been so amazing. Oh, thank you for It went me. so quickly. I know. Are we done with the time? I, I literally am like, no, we're going to have to have a repeat. I know. We need more. Yeah. We need, we need more time. I love, I love, this is my favorite thing to do. Just yeah. to sit down and have honest conversations. Honest conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you are so honest. I try. And that's why you're going to move the world forward and all your work in life. Mm-hmm. What are you working on now? Um, well, I'm still trying to navigate the old um, not working for a church anymore, which has also been freeing. But it kind of feels like when, and I'm not saying the church was a cage at all. I'm still, I'm a church girl through and through. I'm, I love the church. It's one of my obsessions. But for me, coming out of working on a staff for a church was like a tiger coming out of a cage. Yeah. that you think is going to do great in the in the freedom and then they get out and they're like oh crap <laughs> like this is terrifying yeah um so that was the first couple of years of just me being like this is scary but i feel like god has just like navigated us and i'm still speaking and i'm doing writing um have a bunch of stuff ready to come out including my divorce story so yeah. stay tuned but really right now my obsession is this thing that me and my best friend started called Club Devotion which is a membership for women that want to go deep in their faith and make friends. 
Um, and not, not like fake friends. Not, not like Instagram <laughs> friends. Not Instagram friends. Like not real friends. This isn't networking. Yeah. This is friendship. And so Ooh. we, um, I write a devotional every single month that we go through. So people that are wanting to get into their word every day that want to have more faith and know their Bible, know the truth more. Um, and then they go along. I have, vo- I send them voice prompts every single day with Elise's version of the I scripture that we read. So yeah. Um, I don't think they'll ever let me like print a translation, like the Elise translation of the Bible because, yeah. well, it just, you know, you get yeah, it. Lots yeah. of four letter words would be in there. But um, I, and then every Thursday we have a club meeting, which I'm actually about to jump on um, to be with them. We have like games nights and there's a bunch of stuff in there, so but it's a community cool. of women. So I love it. Cause I looked around and I was like, I see things of faith and then I see people being friends, but I don't see both. And so right. can we connect both? And right. so that's what I'm working on now. People can, um, connect with me on Instagram and they'll see all the links and all that kind of Amazing. stuff. Yeah. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is my name, Elise, E-L-Y-S-E. Yeah. Um, that's my Instagram handle. Not that's Oprah, my name. Elise. Not okay. Oprah. Not but to be hi, mistaken. Oprah. Love ya. Um, but yeah, that's my Instagram and all my links for like club devotion, all that kind of stuff are there, or they can go to my website, elisemurphy.com and the links to club devotion, Amazing. all that kind of stuff will be there. And I forgot to tell you, I wanted to do something for your girls, for like the podcast listeners as well. Yes, what can you do? So any women that want to be in Club Devotion, me and my best friend Katie were talking about it and we just love you. And I was like, I want to give them something. And so I wanted to be able to give them um, a code if they want to, if you want to try it, like just try it. Okay. See what happens for 30 days if you put your faith first. Yes. I want to give them 80% off the first month 80%? I know. What? Is that too much? You're the businesswoman. I don't okay. know. Is that too much? It's a lot, but I'm going to do it. But she loves you. I already talked to Katie. So, okay. I already talked to Katie. Okay. We what's already, the, what's we're, the we're code? following our piece. The code is just going to be It's Emily. Oh. So if they use your code, It's Emily, Easy. then I want to give them 80% off the first month okay. because I am so passionate and obsessed Love it. with this area of faith and friendship and helping women dive deep with God, but not have to go too deep in life. Like yeah. just, we can do yeah. both. So I love it. Elise, what is your it factor? That is such a good question. It's uh, that makes sense that it's the it factor show. I would say I think my it factor is um, showing people my scars, but still smiling. Oh. And I feel like I have the ability to take the Bible and these truths that often people don't understand and mix truth and honesty mm-hmm. and show people through my vulnerability, how their vulnerability is actually their secret weapon. And they don't have to hide their scars. If Jesus didn't hide his scars, they don't have to hide their scars. So I think it's that. That is beautiful. I love it. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mwah.